0: Hi, you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. And today in the studio, I have... A man who is, I want to say, from looking at the pictures and and hearing the stories, is a master of his craft, and that craft (laughs) is bread right now. So I have Stephen Gottfried. He's with St. Bruno Bread in Baton Rouge. He's Covington, born and raised, and Mm
1: -hmm.
0: back home in Louisiana, bringing us some great bread. Thanks for joining me today, Stephen.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So Steven, I got to ask you a few questions. First of all, why bread?
1: Oh man, uh, of all the things I could have jumped into in my life, uh, bread kind of just fell in my lap. Um, and it actually started all with pizza. That, that was, uh, it was a fateful day back in 2012. Uh, my, uh, my food mentor in life, uh, chef, Gary Darling, um, of semolina's and Zia's. Uh, I was I was over at his house and and he was rolling pizzas out of his oven and uh, it just my jaw hit the ground and uh, you know I started eating and I just I was blown away by the whole process and you know fresh pizza out the oven and up until that point I just thought pizza came from Domino's or DiGiorno you know I didn't I didn't really I didn't really put two and two together and realize that you know you could really do that whole process um, so at the end of that. Uh, experience very full um uh, i was i asked uh, uh chef gary you know where, what would be a good place to start and uh, he gave me a he referred me to a book his book uh by peter reinhardt um and uh and yeah i just started tinkering around uh with uh not sourdough sourdough was a big scary animal at first Um uh, but it was just you know yeasted breads and uh pizza dough to start then it turned into breads and before you knew it, I was, I was baking in my, my home kitchen, you know, outside of work and on the weekends and, um, and then, yeah, so it was, uh it was very much, uh, you know, an epiphany when it, when it was, when it hit me in the face and, uh, and it, it gripped me and never let me go.
0: I, I love that. And, you know, you're, you're like, oh, pizza. And there are people out there who go, oh, well, I mean, it's pizza. Now, I can say that during COVID, I got involved on some Facebook group about pizza dough, and I felt that there were very few things other than gumbo that brought so much emotion to the table Mm. when it came (laughs) to how to make it, how to do it, what ways the right way, the thickness, the style have you gotten caught up in that do you have you decided this is my way this is the way i like it or do you feel that there are some super strong rules that shouldn't be broken
1: Mm, definitely not um you know i love thinking outside the box Uh, i love going back to square one uh with any formula or recipe you know as soon as i get comfortable with it uh, i'm like there's got to be a better way to do it you know and but ultimately, it all—it it very much boils down to simplicity: S- simple ingredients, simple process, um, for just you know, for that mind-blowing experience. And it's you know, it's all part of it. But uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly have honed in uh, my pizza formula that that I, I go to now. A um, lot of influence throughout the years, and uh, like uh, you know, there was a chef at Compare Le Pan who taught me how to make uh confit garlic olive oil and how, and how you bring that up in your red sauce. And it just depth, you know, it makes the flavor so much deeper, you know, that, you know, that didn't go into the dough, but um, I took that, I took that, you know, idea in mindset and applied it to the dough. And uh, so, yeah, it's got all kind of intricacies that I like, but, you know, ultimately it's just flour, water, salt, you know, um, I'm, I'm happy to tell anybody my ingredients and my formula, but the one thing is I, I dare you to execute it better than me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's because practice makes perfect, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, n- never well, perfect in the bread world. It's always, it's, a, it's hitting the moving target, you know, with the temperature and the yeast and, you know, the humidity in the air plays a factor. But um, luckily down South, we have very humid air, so we don't have to worry about proofing that, you know, uh, covering the uh the proofing rack too much but um but yeah
0: that, that kind of gets me going because i was looking at your bio and for my listeners out there Stephen was able to study in san francisco and uh, you you learned about bread and mm-hmm. you went to the san francisco baking institute or the, yeah, San Francisco Baking Institute, but it's in San Bruno, California, which is what confused me. But, you know, I'm thinking I go see my friends in California and the ones in Los Angeles don't know what humidity is. The ones (laughs) in San Francisco are constantly dealing with fog and marine layer. And then here we have heat and humidity how does your recipe and approach to it change
1: well you just take everything into account before you start a mix um you know specifically during the summers um you know you there there's a certain range that dough needs to needs to proof in and it's around 76 to 78 degrees um and especially on a commercial scale you know you're off by a couple degrees high or low it's going to really affect Your production for that day um but um i mean you know as far as the humidity uh yeah honestly i haven't other than san francisco i haven't really baked anywhere else other than than south louisiana so you know i've never baked high in the rockies so i'm I'm, i don't really have too much experience with with that you know with that change but um you know here uh, specifically there the, the the um the temperature of the dough that's the big one um And, you know, if it's if it's hot or cold, there's a there's a uh, formula that I use to to get the uh, water temperature at the right temperature I need in order to pull the dough off at the right temperature that I need it to proof at. Um, So so I just take into all the I take the the um, the room temperature, the temperature of the ingredients, um, the the friction factor in which. You know, you're mixing. Are you mixing by hand? Are you mixing with a big mixer that's going to go real fast and create a lot of friction? Uh, so you take all that into account, and then you plug it into this formula, and then it spits out the temperature of the water you need to pull out in order to hit that right range of um, of proofing temperature. So, uh, so that you know, it's just it's just being aware of of uh, you know of all the factors that go into to really getting really nice dough.
0: But it sounds to me like it's a pretty scientific method. Yeah. It's it's a scientific method.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely not, you know, a Chef Emerald Bam. I'm feeling, you know, this little spice, I'm gonna throw it in, you know. No, it's it's very uh, you know, it's weights grams, kilograms, uh ounces, you know, it's uh it's being precise. Um, and, uh, with, with all the ingredients.
0: Have you ever tried to play around bam style and what's happened?
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've certainly tried with, uh, not, you know, not salt or sugar or anything like that, that really, that really changes the chemistry of the dough, but, uh, like herbs and, you know garlic and i've even put kimchi in bread before and it and it came out tasting like cool ranch doritos it was pretty amazing but uh but yeah i mean i you know i'll get i'll get uh i'll get curious with uh some inclusions you know with the sourdough and stuff but um but as far as salt you know i don't really play with that uh you know any any type of uh sugar or honey you know uh, lens uh, sugar lends flavor to dough to an extent but Mostly it's a hydroscopic, you know, um, element that, you know, makes the dough softer, you know, or it's it's so it's not really if you get over a certain percentage, you know, it starts lending to the uh, actual taste. But chemistry through and through um, it's, you know, it's it's temperature, it's timing, it's uh, being precise and, you know, attention to the finer details. Um, You know, that's that's really what makes the big picture in the end.
0: Well, so earlier you said you got started with pizza dough, and mm-hmm. because you weren't quite ready to tackle big, scary sourdough. Yeah. What was that that like pivotal moment when you said, "Okay, I'm ready. I got this. Now I'm moving on to the next thing."
1: Oh man, uh, honestly, um, you know, I really, I really hesitated to jump into the sourdough world prior to going to San Bruno to uh, to the school out there. Um, chef Gary, he, he has a starter he's been keeping for, I don't know, decades. And, uh, he, he, he gave me some to go play with. And I was so ashamed that I killed it. (laughs) I could never tell him. Uh, so I was just, you know, I I was like, that was one of the, one of the reasons I was going to get formal education because I really wanted to learn sourdough and, uh, and demystify it, which, you know, now that now I'm on my end now it's, you know, it's like second nature to me, but, uh, it was certainly very intimidating to start with. Um, but you know, my first, my first real experience with good sourdough, uh, was with chef Gary. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was just a, it was an eye opener because prior to that, you know, if you said sourdough to me, I'm thinking vinegary, kind of tangy, like too tangy, you know, just overly sour bread that I never wanted anything to do with. And, you know, so I I didn't really realize that that was that was more or less a, um, you know, just a term. It wasn't really describing what the bread actually is. Um, And even to the even to this day, when I'm telling somebody who has no experience with bread, uh, I very much clarify that sourdough is just a name. It's not it's not sourdough um tasting, you know uh in the end but um but yeah i mean uh
0: how do you know if the the sourdough that you're buying at a grocery or at a farmer's market or a bakery how do you know this is a good one
1: well um well, I mean, I guess the range is is quite large. Uh, you know, good is a is a subjective term. Uh, I would say, I'm personally looking for um, you know very well developed um, fermentation. Uh, you know, you want to you want to pick up the loaf and you don't want it to feel like a like a heavy heavy brick. You want it to, you know, feel like light and you know um, definitely hollow. You want to give it the knock test on the bottom to see you know, if, if it has that nice hollow thump sound. Um, and then, you know, cutting it open. I want to see, I don't want to see, you know, uh, super duper airy holes. Like I, I'd like to see, um, thorough fermentation. Um, and then, uh, you know, nice airy holes is, is fine. It, it's, it's a good, it's a good, um, uh, I guess rubric for, uh, you know, good sourdough, but, um, you know taste you know i want to i want to bite into it and i want my mouth to salivate um you know i i want it to have flavor and a little bit of acidity to um you know to really play on my taste buds um i don't want it to be too sour um but you know ultimately I, you know i just want to i want to eat it you know, or take a bite of it and um you know just kind of go somewhere else real quick you know and be like ah oh, that that brings me back you know that's that's good uh, my favorite way to eat sourdough is toasted with a little bit of salted butter. Um, yeah. but that's um, the
0: perfect use for salted butter. Cause otherwise yeah. we're always buying unsalted, but on a good piece of bread.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's my, that's definitely my favorite way to, to eat sourdough is the day after it's baked, uh, toasted in the morning with a little salted butter. Um, it's just, it's kind of like gumbo in a sense that it's better the next day. Once it marries, it's. It's almost the same thing with bread because you know bread is still cooking when it comes out the oven it's still it's still solidifying the starches you know and uh because you it's it's very tempting to cut into hot bread uh when it comes out the oven um and i do of course but it's it's best to to let it fully cool and finish its bake
0: so that's that kind of brings me to my next question i know during during covid i would put jars of sourdough starter on my uh outside my front stoop and people would come and get it and we were sharing it and people were baking at home and the most common challenge that i saw was that uh you know that loaf of bread would come out and then when it was cut it was almost like dense and damp in -hmm. the middle was that because we weren't waiting long enough to to cut it was it because we weren't it wasn't really fully baked and we pulled it out too early what what causes that to be almost like how sometimes your bread at home can be a little gooey in this yeah that,
1: uh, you know bread straight out the oven when you cut it is gooey for sure um um you know i, I have a commercial slicer here at the bakery and. Uh, I've I've tried to cut some hot bread, just you know, just trying to trying to rush it, and it just just you know mushes and disintegrates, and it's just a it's a bad thing. But um, but yeah, I mean, I would say it's it's part your your, your fermentation. You want to make sure the bread is um is you know fully fermented and gassy and bubbly, and you know it it all starts with a really healthy sourdough starter. Um, you know, you're you're just not going to get good product if your sourdough starter is is too acidic it's you know you're not feeding it enough um you really want it to be active and and um you know just just full of full of little bubbles everywhere full of life um but yeah i mean uh, sorry
0: i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but you got my brain going and i'm like okay that sourdough starter so should we be baking all of our bread at home with a starter or should we be using Um. Uh, yeast or should, is there
1: i would i would you know I, I i wouldn't say you know sourdough is better than commercial yeast it's it's just it's the method in which you you get to that final product you, you don't want to you know baking bread is a is a time you know it's it's a lengthy time process um and you know in the industrial revolution that you know when we were trying to pump pan breads out and scientists were thinking, how can we pump more bread out faster? Um, and then, you know, they, they came to the methods that, you know, that, that, that scary white bread that all the gluten sensitive people are afraid of, you know, and, and that's partly because uh, bread was never meant to be baked in a hurry like that, it was meant to be fermented, um, to develop um, flavor, through through that fermentation and also become more digestible by doing that um so you know whether it be sourdough or commercial yeast I use both um all my breads have have sourdough in them uh some have a little bump of commercial yeast uh depending on what kind of end product I'm looking for but um I would say you know it's uh definitely the uh the low and slow fermentation is is going to give you better flavor. It's going to be more digestible and um, just a better product all in all.
0: So let's talk about digestible. And I I think you bring up a great point that, you know, that so many times people are, are having issues. It's with this over-processed flour and over-processed mm-hmm. bread and commercial and additives and all mm-hmm. these things. And. Earlier, you were like, you know, flour, salt, water where yeah. it was like used when we're like when you're choosing a flour for the bakery. Are mm-hmm. are there certain things that you're looking for to know that it's a really good quality yeah. product and what you're given is, yeah. is perfect for your consumer?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm looking for flour that's unbromated, uh, unbleached, um, you know, um, so, I I use King Arthur bread flour and and every one of my breads. Um, And I also supplement that with, uh, you know, stone milled whole wheat, stone milled rye, um, and then, you know, other ancient grains and stuff too. But the predominant uh, ingredient that I use is that King Arthur bread flour. Um, You know, the potassium bromate is actually banned in Europe. Uh, It's, but it's, it's allowed here. It's been shown to give, you know, to cause cancer and and rats and stuff like that. Um, it's it you know it makes that big fluffy, uh, big fluffy white bread. Um, you know, fluffier and whiter. And uh, and it's it's you know it's definitely it, it helps give you that end result. But at what cost? You know, um, but you're gonna it's you're potentially jeopardizing you know your health by by eating that. But um, so yeah, I, I very much am cognizant of where I get. My flour from uh it's the chief ingredient um you know uh salt and and water obviously uh, i try and get as as local as possible um and then um but yeah i mean the flour is definitely the, the big one where i can control uh the quality of my ingredients
0: now whenever you're you're choosing those quality ingredients and you're you're making that bread have have you played around with flowers that maybe are not uh you know common in our in our repertoire here in America or South Louisiana and are there any flowers that have intrigued you or cultures in their bread that have made you want to to learn a little bit more or start to to challenge it
1: yeah I've definitely worked with a lot of different flowers um a lot of seed flowers. I ha- I have a buddy who uh, used to work uh, for a company that micro fracture milled uh, certain seeds. Uh, it was a mill up in New York. And basically, when when you mill grains, it heats it up. And so some some things can't be milled because they can't be heated up. So they would so they would micro fracture mill um, these seeds. And, and so. And I worked with him, and I would use those um, certain types of seeds, like chia seeds, uh, sunflower seeds, and that would turned into flour. And uh, and and we would play around and around with that, and um, you know, come up with some interesting products. You know, it all little nuance of flavors here and there. Um, you know, some ancient grains. Uh, I, I don't have too much expense, you know, knowledge working with all that, but I've definitely you know, the, the, the big ones, the whole wheat, the rye, um, Durham, um, you know, just,
0: uh. Now, whenever you're working with a, a new flower or a new product or you're, uh, are you developing new breads? Or are you going with this is tried and true standard technique that's been used by bakers for generations, or are you challenging that and changing the process at all?
1: Yeah, I definitely put my own spin on, on uh, old classics. Um, you know, I, I like to, I like to uh, kind of look at look at a formula for for like a certain bread and, you know, say I've been doing it the same way for a couple of years. Uh, Maybe I want to see with tweaking this or, you know, um, or lowering that, you know, to see what kind of result I get. Um, Certainly on a commercial scale, it's small corrections, small changes. Um, But but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, all of my recipes are fluid uh, and. You know they're constantly getting tweaked and there's no like one that like exact formula that i use um i mean it's all it's all pretty pretty similar you know but with, with little little corrections here and there um if i wasn't happy with how the country sourdough looked you know um yesterday i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go back to the drawing board per se and really look at see you know what could have changed what could have you know, what could have been better? Do I need to up my LeVan percentage? Do I need to um, change the inoculation percentage for my build? You know, it's, it's, it comes down to those little nuances, um, you know, especially the way I do it, uh, you know, on on a very large scale. So,
0: you know, what I've loved so far about this conversation, besides just chatting with you is it is for me it's fun to nerd out over food right and to speak Mm -hmm. to someone who is so passionate and understands the why behind the product that they're producing and what's you know leaving the front door of the bakery and i'm sure our listeners are like this has been so cool all this science but but what kind of bread am i going to eat if i If I go to the bakery, (laughs) so tell everybody a little bit about, you know, the bread that y'all are selling every day at St. Bruno and, you know, how they can get it.
1: Uh, well, I mean, the bread I'm baking right now, uh, is, is old tried and true breads, uh, that have been around for a long time. Just my, my flagship would be my country sourdough, um, it's uh, it's got a certain percentage of whole wheat, a little bit of rye. Uh, it's you know, it's um, it's 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 definitely the hardest bread to nail, um, because there's so many different components. Um, so that you know, it's it's like a little baby, you know, a little child I have to uh, nurture to get to to the um to the right you know end product that I want. Um, uh, you know, we do a French baguette, uh, we do ciabatta, we do. Um, we do a fluffy white bread, uh, that has a little bit of, um, toasted cornmeal in it. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, uh, combining the pre-ferment method and sourdough and the low and, ins- you know, mixing it cold, fermenting it cold, and then, um, you know, and then baking it the next day, uh, after it's had a, you know, 16 to 18 hours to really, to really develop its its um, characteristics and its flavor uh, and it's an incredible sandwich bread. And I've made <laughs> lots of grilled cheeses with that one. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just constantly learning myself, you know, and, and really feeling the market out for what, you know, which sh- chefs want. Um, you know, I've, I've been talking with a lot of chefs around Baton Rouge and, and uh, just really trying to meet them halfway and, and, and picking their brain of, of what, what they need, um, you know, and, 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 uh, just trying to, trying to be the town baker, you know?
0: (laughs) So for, uh, those of our listeners that are in the Baton Rouge area or are driving through or driving to Baton Rouge, uh, where's y'all's bakery and are there any specific restaurants that when they go dine, they can know that they're enjoying your bread?
1: Uh our bakery is off of uh Starring Avenue, so kind of the corner of Perkins and Essen. Essen turns into Starring. Um and it's it's a big 3000 square foot warehouse uh that uh it's just got one one purpose and that's to to pump fresh bread out for the area. Um I'm only in week week number 4 of being in business. Um so only a couple places carry my bread currently, but um that is uh rapidly changing I have uh uh probably five other people right now that are knocking at my door trying to uh trying to get some bread uh so it's you know it's it's uh it's growing it's definitely um you know it's spreading so but currently Iverstein's uh Farms Butcher um uh Galen at uh Galen Iverstein he's been he was my first client. He was the first one to really recognize what we were doing here, um, and um, and he's been he's been amazing. Um, uh, ben seventy seven um, and Solera, they they are uh, clients right now, um, and then we have some uh, other clients in the wings. I won't mention them just yet. Uh, and then uh, we are about to launch our retail side, so you know. I was told by uh, someone in the biz that you know New Orleans, where I spent the last decade, it's a lot different than Baton Rouge. New Orleans, uh, New Orleans people travel to different neighborhoods in New Orleans. You know, it's uh, it's not weird for someone who lives uptown to go to the Bywater and vice versa. Whereas Baton Rouge is, you know, if you live on you know if you if you live downtown, you're probably not going to go all the way out to Seguin to do something. You know, it's it's very neighborhood centric. So my my whole aim is to is to get ensconced into each neighborhood and to offer offer better bread into each neighborhood um and delivered fresh and baked fresh and uh and you know my whole mission in this business is is to is to really elevate what daily bread can be you know it's you know yeah it's artisan bread but it's it's just bread it's the way bread's been made for the last four thousand years or however long i don't know the timeline exactly but you know, and and it's just, it's kind of weird that here I am doing one of the oldest professions in the world. Um, and you know, it's, it's kind of foreign to a lot of Americans to have, to have a bakery, you know, pumping out fresh bread, you know, you know, not, not far away from, um, I have a good friend who's from Australia who lives in Baton Rouge and he came to the bakery the other day and he was just in awe. And he was just, regaling me all these stories growing up in Brisbane, how, you know, every week they they would they would walk to the bakery and come home juggling hot bread and, you know, and his grandpa would tell him he can't eat it until it cools down. And and it's just, it's like, you know, so many people have this these core memories of of bread, you know, being just just such a, a basic need and necessity in life. And um and so tied to, you know, their emotional childhood and stuff. And um, and so, you know, I just, I just think that, w- w- you know, we need more people doing that kind of thing. Um, so, um, well, you know, and I'm, Brit- so, <laughs>
0: I'm so glad that you are one of those people doing that kind of thing. And I wish I could sit here and talk to you about it for hours and I'm certainly gonna make that my next trip uh, to Baton Rouge to go over to Saint Bruno Bread and and check out everything. Um, we're gonna have to get you back on the show so we can talk a little bit more once you, uh, you know, on how Baton Rouge is embracing this great bread. But uh, I mean, I hate to say it, we're out of time, and so we got it. We got to go. And I am so happy that you were here to join me today. So for my listeners out there. Uh, Our guest today was uh, Stephen Gottfried with St. Bruno Bread. Make sure you uh, Google them, go on Facebook, go on Instagram. Keep your eye open for retail locations that are going to carry this great bread. And I can't wait to see what happens. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Well, thank you so much, Chef Amy. It was uh, my pleasure.
0: For all our listeners out there, you've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sims. Until next time, ciao.